So here in Mexico, one of the biggest things you run into a lot, Joe, is, is Roman Catholicism. There's a festival that's coming up. It's called the Festival of San Judas. I'm going to let you run with this, Joe. You're going to be evangelizing on this day to many Roman Catholics. So share with us some of the things you hear, some of the things you see regarding, regarding this kind of outreach. Well, I think the question needs to be asked, first of all, is should we evangelize Roman Catholics? You know, there are some people believe that there are a remnant of Roman Catholics within the church that have somehow found salvation. Do we evangelize them? Do we evangelize them? Or, or do we join them in evangelism? It's a big question, isn't it? You know, I think that there's some obvious differences between the Roman Catholic and, let's say, the evangelical Christian faith, if you will. So highlight those, Joe. The main difference is this. I think there's two two main differences we need to highlight for today, and I'll leave it there. We can talk about the idolatry, and we've certainly seen a lot of that within the Roman Catholic Church. First of all, there is the issue of justification by faith. You know, in the Roman Catholic Catechism, it came from the Council of Trent. It's clearly stated that they believe that those who are justified by faith alone are considered accursed or excommunicated from the true church. That puts me in a position of difference with them, you know, of difference with them. I believe that we're justified by faith and by faith alone, through Christ alone. I hold dear to those doctrines of the Christian faith. They're absolutely essential. So, so we're talking not about the little differences that are going on between the different evangelical denominations, but we're talking about a major difference. There is also, within the Catholic Church, the adherence to the, uh, their sacred tradition, which they hold at the same level as the Word of God. You know, it's, it's as valid to them as the Word of God, and, and, and we can see clearly that a lot of it contradicts the Word of God. But despite all of this, I think the question that remains is, do we still even evangelize Catholics? Do we still evangelize Catholics? Are there still a remnant within the church that can do it for themselves? You know, in the Catholic Church, you know, we, we can't just leave this group. I mean, in Mexico, when, when this festivity takes place for uh, San Judas, it's on October the 28th, you know, of every year, we'll be evangelizing again this year. When this festival takes place there are just thousands thousands of people coming to this festival you know it goes on every day for about two weeks and it's particularly crowded on that on that day you see all kinds of paraphernalia that they sell for for adoration like candles that they burn to san hudists you you see people bowing down to the statue even a line going all the way down the street of people who are waiting just to spend a little bit of time with the statue to give reverence to San, San Judas. And so the question is, you know, we, we were just a little church across the street from this Roman Catholic church, kind of David compared to the Goliath. And do we evangelize? Do we go out and evangelize in this, in this festival? And there's a question, I think, if there's a remnant that exists in the Catholic church, they have to be able to answer this question. Uh, and it's a question that we've asked so many times. I've talked to uh, thousands of Roman Catholics on both sides of the border, and I've asked them this one question. 
this one question. I think if you are a true Christian, you will know the answer to this question. It takes a little while when you become saved. Uh, you have to sort some things out in your mind, you know, but I believe that you should be able to answer this question is how do you get to heaven? How do you get to heaven? This question is so important because obviously there are only two destinations. There are only two destinations. They're both, they're both eternal. One's an eternal place of punishment and one's an eternal place of joy with Jesus Christ forever around his throne. That's how important this question is. The question is, how do I get to heaven? And I, I, like I said, I've asked this question numerous times, talked to the thousands of Roman Catholics. And I have to say, I have to be honest with you, that there is not one Roman Catholic who has answered that question correctly. That basically Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. There's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved other than that name of Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No man comes unto the Father but by him. There is no exception. He is the only way to heaven. And so we've asked that question many times and never once. I'm not saying that somebody might have picked up a Bible in the Roman Catholic Church and got saved. I'm not going to say that. But I am going to say this. When I have tested the water, where the Roman Catholic meets the road, where the rubber meets the road, right? Going out and speaking to them personally, nobody has given me the right response. Imagine that. Imagine that. And, and yet so many Christian churches today are leaving Roman Catholics unevangelized. Why? Because of this assumption that they believe that there are Christians within the Roman Catholic Church. There's a remnant left there. So what are what are some of the things that, that they respond to you, Joe? What are the, the the common response? I, I've heard it worded differently. I've heard it worded differently, but this is the response I've heard on thousands of occasions that it's by our works. It's by our works that we're saved. You know, it's as if God has one of those old balancing scales, right? This is the way it works. He's gonna weigh out your life. And if you've done more good then bad, right? He's going to let you in, right? He's going to let you in. But we know that according to scripture, that's not the way it works. There's none righteous. No, not one, the Bible says. Our works are as filthy rags. God, God cannot accept us because he is holy and sin has stained us so much that nothing we do can be acceptable to a holy God. It's impossible. Yet they are under the impression, they believe that if somehow they've done more good, and a lot of this depends upon following the seven sacraments of the Catholic faith, right? If they've done more good than bad, then they'll get entrance into heaven. God's going to look at that balancing scale. He's going to weigh it out. He's going to let them in based upon the deeds that they have done. There, there are some that say, yes, it works, but you have to have faith too. But we know that that's not true, right? We know that you're saved by Christ and by his meritorious death on the cross alone. There's no other way, right? There's nothing that we can do that's good enough to be acceptable to him or his sacrifice would be in vain. It would have no purpose to it. Why would he have to die 
if we could have done this on our own, right? But he gave his life so that we may be justified or made right with him simply, right, through faith. Not by our works, not by an action. Nothing is acceptable to God, but through faith. And faith comes, we know, when we hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is why it's so important for them to hear the word of God. Hear the word of God. But so many of them are not hearing the word of God. You know, we had a man that came to the mission for a while. Uh, there we are just across the street from the Roman Catholic Church. And he came to us and he, he was longing to hear the word of God. And he said to us, he said, they're not teaching it over there. They're not teaching the word of God. Over there. This is what I want to hear. The word of God. Without the word of God, it's impossible to have faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God. Not by hearing the dead traditions of a faith, but by hearing the word of God. That's a common, a common answer that we hear. In fact, that's about the only answer that we do hear from people. Some might say, I don't know. You know, most of the Catholics that we talk to are nominal meaning that they're not really involved in the church. They go on Easter or they go at Christmas time, right? That's the only time they might go to church or for a wedding or, or, or for a funeral. They'll be there, right? So they have some vague understanding, but those are easier to talk to that we have found after 14 years of doing this than those who are more devoted to the church. Those are the more hard-hearted to reach because they're deeply entrenched in their traditions. So share about some of the traditions. I know there's so many who do not have a background in Catholicism at all, and they're not familiar with even what a lot of this is. And let's just focus in specifically on, on San Judas. What are some of the things that you see taking place at an event and a festival like San Judas? It's important to them to give reverence, so to speak. You see the burning of the candles. I think it's the devotion the devotion. I mean, you see these people lined up and they're hours. I mean, literally, as I said before, the line is going down the street, you know, one night to spend a few moments with a statue, to burn a candle, you know, and you, you know that there's no hope in these things. It's clearly forbidden in the Bible, number one. And you see such devotion. If only we could see such devotion to Christ, you know, if only we could see such devotion to Christ. This is what really pains my heart is people are so devoted to a, a dead tradition. Well, and know, an object. An object of worship. I mean, they'll, they'll argue to the cows come home that they're not worshiping that idol. But to me, from the visual that you see, you see people bow down to them. You see the reverence that they have in front of this, this image. I mean, it, it gives the impression we're told not to bow down to them. They see this as a roundabout way of worshipping God, you know, but it's clearly forbidden in scriptures, right? It's clearly forbidden. The Jews used like Ashtoreth to, to worship Jehovah, but that was forbidden. It's not an approach to God. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. That's through Jesus Christ. I wrestled this when I first came to Christ because as a young believer, I didn't know anything about Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, Catholicism, well, many people will say they're, they're Christians. There's no difference. And the difference is, is when Jesus Christ is removed as our intercessor, as the one we're justified in because of what he's done on the cross, when, when that's removed, when Jesus is no longer the one of our adoration and worship, but it becomes uh, an old saint or 
well, any of the disciples, when we or Mary, if we if we elevate man into the position where Christ belongs, this is when well, this is when it becomes a false faith, a mm-hmm. counterfeit, mm-hmm. As, yeah. as we can say. I mean, some some of these men were tremendously faithful people, you know, and and, and of course Mary, but she knew her position that she was a maid servant of the Lord, right? And she knew where she stood, too, because uh, when she sang her song, the Magnificat, she said, I rejoice in God, my Savior. She knew that she needed salvation from her sin, and she would give birth to the only mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, right? That's the only way. That's the only way. So we need to understand some of these people, they, they led wonderful lives of faith and serve as, 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 as witnesses, a great cloud of witnesses to us, we could say, right? To, to us, but, but that's as far as we can take it, right? That's as far as we can take it, you know, and not certainly to the level that I've witnessed, especially on this side of the border, and, and especially with this character of, of Mary. I think Mary would be horrified to, to witness what's happening in the Roman Catholic Church. These days, she would be horrified by what's going on. You know, um, there are even uh, terms that are being used in the Catholic Church today, like co-redemptress. You know, you can come to, to God through through Jesus or Mary. She's a co-redemptress, mm-hmm. right? So th- th- these are, this is very dangerous stuff. You know, but um, I think I think the root of the issue is the root of the issue once again is this is that we are saved by grace through faith. Whenever you take that out of the picture, you've got to find something to replace it. And I think that's where all this other stuff comes in. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and as well, I think what needs to be drawn out is, is for those that by God's grace have come to this understanding, as we wait for the return of Christ and we're about his work, I think it goes back to your question you first asked. That first question you asked, should we, should we evangelize Catholics. I think in modern day, there's this tendency, there, there is a tendency, strong tendency for Christians, go to church, you do your Bible studies, and this is, well, and, and even, even in a lot of these, these events, they're, they're great. It, it builds fellowship, builds hearts for prayer and, and sharpening of one another. But but as servants of Christ and believers have become very good at just talking to one another, and then, well, when somebody else has a counterfeit faith, they stay silent, or or tragically even think that they're in good standing and and are, and are fine. And so I, I think this is a good question to be asking everybody: Should we speak boldly and evangelize Catholics? Yeah, Roman Catholics, yeah. Let's get into this difference between Roman Catholicism and Catholicism. Right. When you say, should we, should we evangelize Roman Catholics, tell people the basic difference between Roman Catholics and Catholic. But let me just clear up one thing, Travis, I think it's important to understand. You have what was known as Catholic, which just simply means universal, right? The universal church. So you're talking about Christian church here, Christian churches worldwide and you have roman catholic which is what we see today in 
Mexico, in the United States, and of course in other countries. There's a fine line between the two that we need to understand. You know, but just just getting back here to what's important, you know, evangelizing Roman Catholics. Should we evangelize Roman Catholics? There's a couple of stories that come to mind, I think, that are important and really spoke to me. When I was at the festival last year, we're going to be there this year, so pray for us. Pray for us. We'll be there um, October the 28th and, and, and probably for a week, a week long stint there. But I, last year, I was talking to a young boy. He was about 12 years old. You know, I was talking to him as best as I could in Spanish. And he gave me the same answer as others had before me. He, he believed that if he did enough good, once again, this is balance and scale with God that they have, this idea that they have in their mind, that God's going to let him into heaven. But when I began to, to sit down and explain what the Bible says to him, the Bible way to heaven, grace through faith. His eyes were just wide with wonder. This, this was something, obviously, from his reaction that he had never heard before. He had never heard in his life before. How important was that conversation, that engagement with that young child? And it's not just with children, too. I, I've spoken to priests. The priests at that particular f- festival weren't too friendly uh, with me. I don't think they were too happy with what I was doing. But I remember speaking a number of years ago. It, it was at a funeral. I was talking to a priest who had retired. I, I don't know the, the reason for his retirement. But obviously, he'd been in, in the Roman Catholic Church, trained as a priest all of his life. Probably knew, knew Latin. You know, um, he, he was well versed in, in the traditions of the Roman Catholic faith. And I gave this priest a simple explanation, a very simple explanation, just like I'd given to the child that night, a simple explanation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, I said to him that Jesus Christ was the only way to heaven. And he looked at me. He was his priest, spent all of his life in the Roman Catholic faith. He looked at me. And said, I've never heard that before. I've never heard that before. Imagine that. This was not the taught. This was the teacher in this religion. And he had never heard in his life that Jesus Christ was the only way to heaven. That's how important it is that we evangelize Roman Catholics. The teachers don't even know. The elders in the church don't even know. Then what's the likelihood that many of the others will know? So I believe it's important. We can't ignore this. We need to go out. And we can ask them that question. Maybe there's another way that you can angle it, a different way that you can speak to them. Sure, but in the end, the message is the same. It doesn't change. The method might change, but not the message. We need to give them the message. We need to engage them with the message. And if you can find a Roman Catholic that's among the remnant, the remnant in the church, I would say that you need to tell that Catholic not to have any more communion with the darkness.